listening to Unpacking Injustice with the Montana Innocence Project. This podcast tells the real stories behind wrongful and unjust convictions and illuminates the complex issues responsible for making our criminal justice system unjust. Today, Montana Innocence Project client Joseph Jefferson Dust joins us to discuss his reaction to his post-conviction hearing last Friday. Let's begin unpacking. Joe was wrongfully convicted of criminal endangerment in 2017 following a false accusation. He became a Montana Innocence Project client last year when his accuser fully recanted. In an incredible turn of events, Yellowstone County Prosecutor Sarah Hyde acted swiftly upon recognizing the lack of evidence and moved the court to vacate the conviction. Last Friday, Joe appeared before Judge Brett Lynn Weber, who relieved him of all duties to probation and parole, and indicated that he will vacate the conviction in response to the post-hearing briefings. In today's episode, Joe discusses his reaction to the hearing, the impact of probation restrictions on his connection to culture and family, and what life looks like for him when his innocence case ends. Take a listen. All right. Can you begin by introducing yourself and your connection to the Montana Innocence Project? All right. Uh, yeah, my name is Joseph Jefferson Dust. Um, I first heard about the Innocence Project um, a very long time ago, actually, on another podcast, the, the Joe Rogan podcast. But it was like, I didn't know there was more than one Innocence Project. I thought there was just one. But um, yeah, after I had gone convicted, um, wrongfully convicted, um, I'd say, uh, what year was it? 2017 is when I heard of the Innocence Project. So after that, um, I kind of thought I never had a chance at something with the Innocence Project. So I didn't really do anything until, until I got some news, um, December 2020. Is it 2020? Yeah. And so from then on, I was actually my mother that found out about the Innocence Project and urged me to get in contact with them. So I did. I, I, I went through all the steps where I sent a letter and then they requested um, my court paperwork. I sent that to them. I just went through the process with them. I mean, I can't believe like things worked out as well as they have so far. Just just from something that, you know, I thought was a long shot. And that information you received that prompted you to contact MTIP was a recantation of the allegation that wrongfully convicted you. Um, so you become a client and about a year later, you're at a hearing, which was last Friday. Yeah. And... At this hearing, there was strong indication that your conviction will be overturned. What was right. that? What was that like when he announced that about midway through the hearing? Oh man, it was such a huge relief. Um, they talk about the weight that you carry, or you know, the weight on your shoulders that was taken off when he said that. 
So I don't know. It was just, it was incredible. I couldn't, it was, like I said, it's hard to believe. <laughs> like it's still like real. At the end of the hearing, the judge um, immediately discharged you from probation. So can you describe what your reaction was to that news? Uh, I think that's when I kind of, I kind of like snapped back to reality and felt like it was real, like it was really real. I can go have a beer, which I did afterwards. Uh, yeah, it was. So with the, with the whole um, my conviction being overturned, I do have to wait for another court date. So it's like I'm right there. I'm so happy. I'm so relieved. But I'm like still kind of just waiting for that last little thing before I'm completely, completely, uh, I don't know, I guess, relieved totally. Can you describe a little bit more what you mean about the weight that is on your shoulders for people who who haven't experienced wrongful conviction or haven't been justice involved in any way. What is that feeling? Well, um, see, I, I would think my situation was really unique. I had to, um, you know, try to use the system in order to keep some semblance of freedom, which is just being out of, out of jail pretty much. So I went along with the, the terms of my conviction and that kind of it just it put like this weight on my chest where sometimes it just felt like I it was hard to breathe or like my breathing was not normal and I don't know I just I got used to feeling like that for so long and it's like now that like that pressure that I feel like I, of having to do that it's no longer there Part of your case that we discuss a lot at the Montana Innocence Project are the probation citations you received while you were being wrongfully supervised on probation, one of which was for attending Crow Fair. Can you talk a little bit about what happened with that probation citation and what it means to you to be able to attend free of supervision um, here in a few weeks? Yeah, it means it means the world to me because not only do I get to attend, but um, the Crow tribe, they renovated the whole uh, arbor and they're kind of like rebuilding the whole like campgrounds and they get a lot better. So this is the first year with the new arbor and I'll be able to attend the whole thing with with my family, my brother um, who moved back from New Mexico. Uh, and yeah, my cousin Marcus, he's going to be here. Just a lot of family. That's what it's about, like being there with family. So that just, that means everything. And, you know, missing out all those times, it, it you know, kind of sucked, especially when I got revocated for it. And like, I understood the rules of uh, not being able to go, like the reasoning behind it. And I just hoped that there would be understanding on the other side. I, I explained the reason why the very first night I went down the crow where I was moving, I moved everything down the crow from Billings. And that very same night, I went to the this family feed that was, uh, you know, it was, it was like specifically directed to me and two other of my cousins to bestow the right of uh, smudging. Which, you know, that's that's pretty that's pretty big. 
So it's like I almost could not refuse. Like I pretty much had to be there. <laughs> so so I went. And after going, you know, um, they the my probation officer got on me about that, and my counselor got on me about that, and eventually they replicated me. And like I said, I just wish there would be some understanding as to the reason why I did it. It wasn't for any kind of malicious reason at all. I was going for, you know, something really uh, important. What are you looking forward to most about attending this year? Oh, man. Uh, maybe just listening to the music and watching the dancers. Yeah, I haven't done that. Before. It's like something uh, like you get so used to, you kind of don't realize you miss it. <laughs> so I already kind of asked you two specific questions about the hearing, but what were your feelings about the hearing as a whole? Well, uh, good. It was really good. I, I felt, uh, like I said, relieved about it. Um, I just wish that we didn't have to go through this last step where, like you mentioned, where we have to uh, go to the new trial where the prosecutor will dismiss. And that's where we're going. But, uh, I just kind of wish they would be over now. So, but overall, I, I'm still happy with the outcome. Yeah, can you speak a little bit more to that kind of um, the waiting game uh, of innocence cases? We did a story on this a couple months back with another client kind of speaking to the in-between time from a hearing to a decision to a whatever. Um, What is that like, Even, even though you've received extremely positive news? Can you kind of explain a little bit more like what that feeling is? Um, let's see. Well, I guess I knew there was a light at the end of the tunnel somewhere. I just didn't know when. So during that time, I kind of felt like I was, I don't know, trapped in like a purgatory type state where, yeah, I couldn't, uh, really, really do anything. I had to follow, you know, certain rules. Yeah, I don't know. I just I don't know how best to describe it. Just like I felt trapped. No, that makes sense. Tell me how you celebrated after the hearing. I um you sent me that great picture of you and your family. Yeah, so yeah, I haven't been able to uh drink beer legally in a while. <laughs> I went to that um, Asian sea grill and got some sushi. Uh, yeah, and I had a couple of beers. That, that was more or less it. Uh, sorry about the noise. And I've heard you mention the importance of family to you multiple times, like today and, and in other interviews. What is it? Can you speak more to that probation restriction being lifted? Like what what are family occasions like for you? What, what were they like for you while you were restricted and what are they going to be like now? Well, okay. So out of my, my mom and my dad's kids, I'm the oldest. 
So just by being the oldest, like you have like certain obligations to the family. And it's like this whole time I haven't been able to participate in any kind of thing. So now, now I know my mom and my dad kind of have already have plans for me to like do some stuff. Um, like being uh, on the color guard for the the parade procession for Crow Fair. Um, only the veterans could do it. And yeah, they they want me to do that. They want me to do a giveaway. And I'm sure there's, they'll figure out all kinds of other things for me to do, but it's it's pretty much my responsibility, my obligation to do that type of stuff. So now, now that I'm uh, able to do it, that's, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I know it's not officially over. I know there's, you know, one more step, but what does life look like for you after all of this? Mm. Well, um, I got that job offer on graphic design. I really want to get some good experience in that. And I also, I, you know, I have a lot of friends that tell me I need to, expand on my art door so that's what i want to do i'm not sure where it will be i kind of have like a vague idea to like go down to new mexico uh maybe be close to my brother spend time with my niece down there like i said make up for lost time and at the same time uh you know go to a school down there as well uh for for art so is there anything else you want to share about the hearing or about um emotions surrounding it or anything you want people to know um well i guess just getting used to the idea of being completely free again um i got this this motorcycle fairly recently so i really really enjoy just listening to music i have my my helmet that has the headset and like i told you this morning I kind of just took a random road somewhere and found this really awesome place. And just, yeah, I turned around after like 20 miles and came back and I'm just, yeah, I want to do stuff like that. Just get used to uh, doing whatever I want, being able to be free. And like, I think having this motorcycle helps a lot because I could just kind of go wherever I want now and explore. Judge Lynn Weber ordered both sides to submit proposed findings of fact and conclusions of law on August 18th. We hope to have an official order in Joe's case soon after. Stay tuned. Justice is a Montana Innocence Project podcast. The artwork was created by Rob Truax, and the music was composed by Corey Fay. To learn more about the Montana Innocence Project, visit our website, mtinnocenceproject.org, or follow us on social media at Big Sky Innocence. To submit a case, visit our website and click on the Request Legal Assistance tab. Thank you for unpacking injustice with the Montana Innocence Project.